listening to the B2B Revenue Executive Experience, a podcast dedicated to helping executives train their sales and marketing teams to optimize growth. Whether you're looking for techniques and strategies or tools and resources, you've come to the right place. Let's accelerate your growth in three, two, one. Welcome to the B2B Revenue Executive Experience, everyone, and welcome to 2018. Hard to believe another year has passed us by. I'm hoping that many of you achieved, if not exceeded your quotas, that if you're a sales executive or a revenue executive out there, you found 2017 to be an extremely positive year, even in a changing and dynamic business, political, uh, cultural environment. Uh, 2018 promises to bring its own set of challenges. No doubt there'll be a lot of us talking about the newest, latest, greatest things in sales and marketing professions out there uh, in an attempt to help you be more effective and make 2018 a banner year. Um, I want to welcome everyone to 2018. I want to thank everyone who's been listening through 2017 as we started this podcast. Uh, 2018, we're going to continue the good work, uh, continue to have a great lineup of guests provide you insight into things that we believe will make you more effective at sales and marketing. Uh, And to that end, we're going to start this year with an episode with a well-regarded thought leader, uh, Mark Hunter, and we're going to talk about prospecting. Uh, It's a great way to kick off the year. You don't want to get behind on filling that funnel and filling that pipeline. Mark was kind enough to spend some time with us uh, towards the end of 2017 so that we could put this episode together and launch our podcast in in 2018 with uh, a well-respected guest and some great insights for uh, everybody. So again, welcome to 2018. Hope everyone had a great holiday. And without further ado, let's jump into the episode with Mark. Today, we're talking about barriers to better prospecting, and to help us do that, we are lucky to have with us Mark Hunter, a.k.a. The Sales Hunter, also author of High Profit Prospecting and High Profit Selling, books that I highly recommend. If you have not picked up, run out and do it right now. It will change the way you look at the game of sales and prospecting. Mark, I want to thank you very much for taking the time, and welcome to the show. Thank you for having me on today. Um, So we like to start with a question to help our listeners get to know you a little bit better. Uh, We kind of change it up from time to time. And so if you could go back in time and tell your younger sales self one thing, what would it be and why? Listen to older people. (laughs) I mean, I I hate to say this, but you know what's funny is is we jump into sales and we think we have all the answers to it. And it's amazing. There's really no such thing as anything new in sales. It's just a matter of what the spin that you put on it. So I think the ability to really – I think that's what makes podcasting, podcast so critical because you, you gain this expertise of other people. So, yeah, you really, I, I would go back and I would listen to people who had walked the road before me and not try to reinvent the wheel. Yeah, and then I, I tell you what, if you'd gone back and told my younger self that, I'm, I'm pretty sure my younger self wouldn't have listened. <laughs> oh, oh, oh no, no, there's no way I would have listened. I would have said, forget it, I'm out of here, John. <laughs> so, all right, so let's talk prospecting. Hot topic as always, right? The latest stats from, from Serious Decisions and others have this as the top priority for sales executives. Now, this isn't new. I, I, just like there's nothing new in sales. Prospecting is always a hot topic. Everybody wants more uh, you know, leads in the top of the funnel. They want more conversations. So, so from your perspective, you know, what are the self-inflicted challenges that salespeople create that damage their prospecting effectiveness? Thinking there's an app that'll do all the prospecting for them. Uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, everybody's looking for this, this silver bullet, this tool, and uh, everybody gets caught up chasing silver bullets and stupid stuff. And, you know, a lot of things haven't changed about prospecting. It's still engaging the customer. And, um, 
And in fact, I'll, I'll, I kind of counter the argument. It's all about getting leads. I could care less about leads. I want quality prospects. I, I, I'm really into quality versus quantity. Um, these people who sit there and say, oh, I'm going to get you 10,000 leads. I'm going to get you. No, what you're going to do is you're going to give me 10,000 names. I don't want 10,000 names. <laughs> I, want, I, want, I want, you know, 10 people who are going to buy. Well, and then and you and you look at that, right? And all that does is, if they're going to give you ten thousand names, it, is it creates a glut of the things you have to go through. Well, that, hey, you know what? I, I'm gonna I'm gonna jump in right. That's a huge piece because what what happens is people spend so much of their time managing the top end of the funnel that they don't have any time to manage the bottom end. And excuse me, isn't the bottom end where you make your money? Right. <laughs> I mean, right? I mean, they get so people get so caught up chasing the the nurturing. I if, if I hear lead nurturing one more time, I think I'm going to vomit. <laughs> I mean, I mean, okay, I'm sorry. We're getting really cold and crass here real quickly. What the heck, right? Well, no, but I mean, it's true, right? You, you, the, the goal is to identify those people that are most likely to buy and move them as quickly as possible through the funnel. And plain and simple. I mean, it's not, there's no black magic to it, right? I mean, it's, it's sales 101. It's been that way forever, continues to be that way. And so when you work with clients, you know, what do you propose as a best practice approach for prospecting? And I don't want to spoil any of the books, but at a high level, how do you provide the right context for effective prospecting to the clients that you work with? Shh, let's not spoil the book, but I'll just tell, I'll just, I'll just tell you the secret, but don't tell anybody else. I won't yeah, tell anybody yeah, else. It's yeah, just you and me. Just don't, you and me. Don't, it's just you and I on this, on this podcast. Yeah. Uh, hey, it, it really it comes down to, it, it's not about the number, like I said earlier. What you want to do is you want to be able to qualify fast. Everybody starts out as a lead. They don't become a prospect. They become a suspect. You have to earn your way out of the suspect village, out of the suspect prison. Uh, What does this mean? I got to be willing to ask tougher questions earlier on. Too many times what happens is people will sit there and they look for reasons to keep somebody in their sales funnel. Okay, sales managers, are you listening? I'm going to get very blunt with you. You are causing much of this problem because you want people to have full fat sales pipelines. Well, what do they do? They fill it up with junk just to keep you happy. I don't want it filled up with junk. I, I, I want I, I want to be able to have prospects in there that I've been able to qualify fast. So I'm not wasting my time with people who just have heartbeats. <laughs> you know, what's interesting is I, my dog has got a heartbeat, but my dog is not going to buy anything from me. <laughs> I got to get serious. And, and this, this people aren't willing to ask tough questions up. If, if, if I can't uncover what is the true need, what's the true outcome that you're looking for early on in my prospecting conversation with you, then, then you are not a prospect. You, you, you're a suspect. And you're not going to be a prospect until I know what your critical need is, what your critical outcome is. Because and have, you found, have you found there to be really um really effective questions uh, that you can ask repeatedly or, or or structures for those questions that allow you to qualify them out faster yeah you know you know what the the magic is it's not the question you ask it's the follow up question you ask to what they shared with you this is what i find so interesting when we are prospecting um we ask this question, and then they respond back, and then, okay, now I go to question number two. Then I go to question number three. Oh, shut up. Stop it, people. You're, 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 you're choking the prospect. What you want to do is just get one question. Let, let, the, let that lead, okay, I'm just going to call them a lead right now, talk. Let them, let them share. This can even be in an email or whatever. But, but I, then it's the follow-up. It's the follow-up question. 
It's the follow-up question. And, and the follow-up question, it is, this is, re- this, is re- this is going to be a powerful statement. Short questions get you long answers. Uh-huh. Think about this. You just ask why. Can you tell me more? Can you explain that a little better? Could, could you give me another example? Could you share that with me again? And just to get them, because here, here's the whole thing. One of the most amazing things is that there's this perception out there that salespeople don't listen. Ha <laughs> ha, guess what? It's true with the vast majority of salespeople. Yeah, so it really is. It, it's just, it. I just want you, the salesperson, to be listening, listening, shut up. And, and, <laughs> And, and, and I know that, that that's hard. That's hard for salespeople because we have all the answers. We went to sales school. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, we went to stu- okay, I'm sorry. I'm getting, I'm getting a little bit uh, blunt here. But, yeah, I think we need to. Let's start off the new year by being blunt, right? Let's, let's, let's get our act together. Yeah, let's stop, let's stop, you know, let's, let's stop kidding ourselves, right? And I, I spend a lot of time with clients, too. And it's, I spend so much time trying to convince them, look, stop looking for a silver bullet. There isn't a silver bullet. You need to listen. You need to engage, right? You need to yeah. ask the right question. And I, lo- I love that. Shorter answers get you longer, or shorter questions get you longer answers. I love that. I'm going to yeah, steal it. I'll attribute it to you, but I'm hey, going to steal it. You can steal it. You can steal it all you want because the, the inverse is, all, is, is true, too. Long questions get you short answers. Salespeople are, are notorious for asking this big, fat, long question because they want to demonstrate how brilliant they are. <laughs> and, then, and then the person on the other line just goes, huh? They, they, they can't figure it out. I mean, they no. Because, short question. It really, sales is not, you know, it's kind of funny if you, if you really stop and think about it. What are we having right here? We're having a conversation. We're having a conversation. And that's really what sales is all about. It's not a presentation. It's not a checklist of things. It's a conversation. And the conversation goes much better when you allow it. I, I, I don't want to say free form. Because you know where you want to go as a salesperson, but you're allowing the customer, that, that other per, the, the prospect, the suspect, the lead, whatever you want to call them, you're letting them feel like they're driving. And in essence, you really are because they're the ones that have to take you to the outcome that they're looking for. You, you, can't, you don't know what the outcome is that they're looking for because you haven't talked to them. So you let them, let them drive and they'll take you to it. And oh, by the way, you can let your person, just like we're doing, let your personality come through. And it's amazing how much more comfortable the conversation becomes. Sales is a kick in the pants. Prospecting is a kick in the pants because you're helping to show people. You're, you're, you're helping people see and achieve what they didn't think was possible. To me, that's a kick in the pants. I love it. Well, it's a lot, I mean, it's a lot of fun, right? It's that, it's yeah. that natural curiosity of what kind of problems are you wrestling with and what do you think the solution is? Let's talk about that. Where do you, yeah. where do you want to go? How do you want to solve it? I think that natural curiosity that, that some of the ultra high performers I've worked with have is one of their biggest assets, right? Because it also, if that curiosity is strong enough, it helps them stop talking and start listening, uh, which is, as you said, one of the biggest challenges you see with sales reps. I was guilty of it when I was an individual contributor, wet behind the ears too, right? I thought I had all the answers. Well, it doesn't mm-hmm. really matter what I think the answers are. It's more about what the person I'm talking to thinks the answers are. So how do I figure that out? Yeah, spot on. And so when we talk about, um, when we look at prospecting uh, and, and you think about the effectiveness of coaching people in their prospecting, um, why do you think reps that are willing to embrace a coach uh, are more effective than those that aren't? 
Well, you know, it's funny. I've never seen a Super Bowl team win a game without having coaches <laughs> on the sideline. I mean, I mean, you know, you really stop and think about that. I mean, have 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 you ever seen have you ever seen a a Super Bowl champion? Oh, we don't have coaches on our team, or an NBA champion, or I, I don't care high school baseball. It d- doesn't matter what it is. They're coach. Great people are always open and willing to receive input and direction. And besides, it's also a flat-out kick in the butt because coaches hold you accountable. And the biggest challenge I think people have in prospecting is two things. A, they fail to ask enough questions, and they fail to adhere to that critical word that is found on every bottle of shampoo. Repeat. (laughs) Repeat, right? Yeah, without a doubt. Without doubt. I mean, oh, well, I called them. I called them in 2016. I called them in 2017. I'll put them down on my calendar. I called them in October of 2018. Well, guess what, cowboy? You're not going to be closing many sales. <laughs> and coaches are, will hold you accountable and get you into that cadence, get you into that cadence. And the cadence is, is going to vary upon the industry you're in, your your sales cycle, your you know, all these various factors. But it may be as frequently as once a week. You got to be getting cut. It might be once every two weeks. It might be once a month. Again, it, it, every, every site. And you know, I work with some businesses where the cadence is every day, literally every day. They're calling certain people every day because they're in such a frequent purchasing habit pattern. Uh, but again, you you create the pattern, and the coach is going to help you. Because here's the whole thing: um, left to our own accord, the the reason we're all in sales is because we couldn't get a regular job. Whoa, 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 whoa. Hold on, hold on, hold on. No, 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 no. Uh, that's what a lot of people think. See, a lot of people think we got into sales because we couldn't hold a regular job because we're too, uh, uh, oh, we can't get structured. We're, we, we chase the shiny object, all that sort of stuff. To a certain degree, it's a little bit true with all of us. And a coach is going to keep us tight, keep us focused. And so you mentioned the managers being a challenge earlier. And so when you work with managers and they want to get better at coaching, uh, is there a technique or an approach you coach the managers on to be better coaches? Yeah. Shocking statement number 38. (laughs) Managers, managers, you can't motivate anybody. You can't. Nobody can motivate anybody. All you can do is create an environment for your people to motivate themselves. And stop and think about that. And that to me is a very refreshing. What, what this means is that you as a manager have to do two things. One, you have to create a winning culture in your organization. And I'll tell you what, when I mean a winning culture, it means it's got to be a positive place to come to work. And your people are not, they don't, they don't get excited by the same things you get excited about. So get over, get over that one. What it means is that Lou Holtz, uh, football coach, Notre Dame, South Carolina, Minnesota, Arkansas, failed with the New York Jets. But anyway, great motivator. He was asked, how do you motivate a team? And he says, I motivated 110 different ways, meaning he had 110 different people. <laughs> because what is he saying? He's got to know really what what trips the trigger of each individual person, see? So as a manager, now, this does not mean that you, oh, I'm going to hold this person up on a pedestal and this person. No, no, no. But what that means is that the goals each person has is going to be different. And you better find out what those are. And oh, by the way, those aren't just their professional goals. It's their personal goals. Whoa. Yeah, that's right. That's right. You know what's interesting? Um, 
Well, you, you really can't separate work from outside life. I mean, it, it just, it just the two blending together. If you're having a lousy day at work, guess what? You're going to carry it home with you. If you're having a lousy night at home, guess what? You're going to carry it to work the next day. So the good manager, and, and I almost hate the term manager because I'd rather use the term leader, it is really creating an environment for you, the employee, to do your best. Uh, so, and so it really comes down to th- th- this whole thing. Don't chase false metrics. Don't be a spreadsheet jockey. Don't be a dashboard junkie. You know, I, I see these people that all they do is they manage the spreadsheet or they manage the, <laughs> uh, they got Salesforce's CRM. What's the dashboard say and so forth. It, 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 it just because it's just because we can measure it doesn't mean it's something you should be caring about. Whoa. What did he yeah, Because here's the whole thing. I can look at all the leads that come into the top. Okay, that's great. But I don't take leads to the bank. I take what comes out the bottom to the bank, you see. Right. That's where I get focused. And, and well, gee, they had uh, six phone calls with their customers today. Well, fine, but what was the critical question? What was, what, here's, the, here's the question I want, I want every man, every sales leader to ask their people every day. What did you learn today? What did you learn today? And how are you going to use it tomorrow? If you get in that habit of asking your people that question every day, it's amazing the impact it will have. They hang up the phone, you know, they, you, you, they come back from a sales call, whatever, ask them, Hey, what did you learn? What's going to be the P what's going to be the critical insight that you're going to use to follow up with them? You really coach people by asking them questions because really what you want to do is you want to create an environment where they're really coaching themselves. And then you just keep raising the bar, raising the bar, raising the bar. Well, and I mean, it helps them it, through the, the act of self-discovery, right? The questions help them. It's it's a less um, it's a less brutal way, right? You're not going to yeah. force somebody to do something. So, but if you can engage them, much like with prospects, if you can engage the people that you're leading in in conversation and dialogue and self-discovery in a guided way, they have a tendency to get where you want them to go faster than telling them where they need to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Excellent. So, so with the with prospecting, let's talk for a second about um, social selling, right? That was the big buzzword end of last year, middle of last year. Everybody's, oh, it's all about social selling. It's all about social selling. I'm kind of curious to hear what your perspectives on on that little buzzword and, and potential silver bullet some people thought. Uh, kind of curious to hear what you think about social selling and the role it plays in prospecting. Yeah, well, let me tell you something. I don't know where you bank at, but my bank does not accept clicks and likes and shares. Okay, it just it just doesn't. You know, (laughs) my bank takes dollars and cents. And, and, and I see a lot of people, they, I get people calling me all the time, will I spend X amount of money on this? So yeah, well, you got a bunch of clicks and likes, but you can't here, here, here's one. In fact, you can tweet this, you can tweet this hashtag social selling without social community is social stupidity. Oh, think about like that. My whole objective in social selling is not to get clicks and likes. My whole objective is to have an online relationship or an online contact that I turn into an offline conversation. Now, what does this mean? It means I connected with somebody online. In fact, I would say you and I probably met by way of LinkedIn or something like that, probably. We did. I, we you did. know, okay. and that in turn went to an offline conversation. You see, that's that's where my, social selling and, and I hate I, I, I really call I really call I really call it social marketing because really what you're doing is you're creating you, you have to be on social media. You gotta create an awareness, you gotta create a uh, billboard, you gotta create 
a equity in your name. But don't kid yourself. Not everybody is out there on social media. I know people who are responsible for, for billions of dollars a year in, in buying decisions, and they're not on social media because they don't want to be bugged by salespeople. Social selling gives you a window on the world. But, oh, that window may only look north and east. It doesn't look south and west. So what you're doing is you're saying, oh, okay, I'm going to go ahead and give up 50% of my marketplace. I, I deal in a lot of industries where people look at you and go, you know, if you say social media, they go, yeah, my kids are on Facebook or yeah, <laughs> Pinterest or something like that. So don't, these are, these are a lot, I mean, this is going to get me in trouble because, because I like some of these people, but there's a lot of charlatans out there willing to take your money to tell you that social selling. Because again, see, it's a metric you can measure. I'm going to help you get 10,000 more likes or 10,000 more followers and so forth. But, but that, that's a metric. But is it a meaningful metric? No. Okay. I'm sorry. I'll stop my rant. Well, no, no, no. I think it's a great point. I think, I mean, especially the point about, you know, you, if you just are focused on social selling, you're totally limiting your available market because there are a lot of, there are probably more people uh, we may be getting to a tipping point, but I, some of the industries that I've worked in, nobody yeah. messes right. with social right. media. Right. Nobody. Social, yeah. social selling is one of the tools in your toolbox. But next time I have a plumber coming to my house, I don't want the plumber walking in my house with just a pair of pliers. <laughs> I want them coming in with that big fat toolbox and a big honking truck outside with all kinds of stuff in there. I want to use all the tools. And so if we look at, okay, across social selling, obviously, well, um, I, the next obvious question would be, so let's talk about the phone for a second, because there's the yeah. whole debate about, oh, cold calling's dead, or the phone doesn't work, or nobody answers the phone anymore. I'm kind of curious. Let, let's parallel that perspective with the social selling. Oh, so you're asking me, does, does the phone even work? So, you're, <laughs> so you, you're asking me that trick question. Have you stopped beating your wife? Yes, yes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, it, the telephone works great. It, you know what's funny? There are so few people using the telephone that it works even better now. I, I'm amazed. I'm amazed at how people are just afraid to pick up the phone and call. But you know what? I, it's just it's just a conversation. There's nothing. I love and and, and then oh cold cold calling. Ooh, well come on. That, that's like it's like saying define air. I mean, there. First of all. Depending, depending on there's so many factors that, that come into play. Your industry, sell, sales cycle, et cetera, et cetera. I say, you know, there are some people who are in a very short sales cycle where cold calling simply works works fine, works great. I don't need. Most people are in a little more of a defined, longer sales cycle. And there's so much information out on the internet. Don't tell me that you can't come up with one little piece of information in about 30 seconds or a minute that you can't use as your lead-in for the phone call you're about to make. I mean, so I wouldn't call it cold calling. I'd call it uh, lukewarm calling. But it works. I, I, I do it still to this day. Um, and I, I get a kick out of it. Well, and it's funny. When I, uh, I was working with a client in the U.K., and well, one of the younger uh, – got to be careful. But <laughs> one of the younger sales associates that was in the class that I was teaching said, well – You mean I, one of those millennials? <laughs> oh. Yeah. yeah. was basically like, well, I, why, why, would, why would I pick up the phone and call? I could text them. or I'm like, look, I have been in this game for 20 years, and I still have my call blocks. 
set aside four days a week. In mm -hmm. fact, I made calls before I came into class because my primary market's North America. Mm -hmm. So it's not about it not working. It's about the consistency and the combination of the tools you have, not just finding one that's going to be the silver bullet. And the phone, like you said, more people pick up today uh, than, I, than I was seeing pick up four or five years ago when I called. And, it's just and having the reason, a conversation. And, and the reason people say, oh, the telephone doesn't work is because, A, they're afraid to pick up the phone themselves. <laughs> and or they don't know how to use the phone. This is like um, – I'm going to go down a rabbit hole real quick. A great voicemail message is only 12 to 16 seconds. 12 to 16 seconds. Hi, I'm Mark Hunter, the Sales Center. Got some information I'd like to share with you regarding trends in 2018. Go ahead and give me a buzz. 402-445-2110. 402-445-2110. That's it. That's it. That's it. That's it. That's it. Very short, simple. Don't sit there and well, no wonder, no wonder <laughs> people can't stand because you're a village. You're coming across as a village idiot on the phone. And oh, by the way, this is this is again. I'm sorry. I'm going to go down a rabbit hole real quick. Uh, pe people say, well, gee, nobody, nobody answers voicemail. Nobody listens to voicemail. It's amazing the number of voicemail systems that now roll over to text messaging. Right. You know, on my phone, I you leave me a voicemail and it comes through as a as a text message. Hmm, that's interesting. <laughs> so we're saying nobody looks at text messaging? There's a reason why they call it text message and telephone conversations. Okay? I'll leave it at that. <laughs> and so when you, okay, so we look across social, you look, people, of course, use their network, there's the phone. Have you found, you know, kind of your secret sauce, the most effective technique in prospecting? If somebody were to ask, well, I'm asking that, what would you say for you is the most effective technique in prospecting? Well, the most effective technique is using a combination of telephone and email, but then you got to use a repeat, repeat, repeat. So I'm on a telephone a few days later on my email, a few days later I'm on telephone, I'm going to, and I'm just going to continue to repeat. I, I, I'm a, every day when I take a shower, there's that word staring up, staring at me from the bottle. It says repeat. And, um, that's really, you know, the key to prospecting. It's not hard. You just got to be willing to repeat, repeat. And, and, oh, by the way, one other quick, quick piece. Every time you leave a message, it must be a different message. Don't sit there and say, did you get, did you get my, voice? did you get my voice? I know you're, oh man, please, you're killing me. Yeah. Your, your email was so pathetic. I ignored it the first time. So don't say, I know your business. So did you get it? You know, I, 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 you, you get those, right? You, oh, get, yeah. you get those emails. Stop it, people. Stop it. You're giving, you're giving, you're giving my profession, our profession, a bad name. You know, I know you're busy or did you get my email? Did you, or, or, or the voicemail that says, uh, I know you're busy. So so I'll send you an email. Then why the heck you leave me a voicemail then to tell me that you're going to send me an email? Just leave me an email. Okay. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm on a rant. Oh no, it's great. It's great. So, all right. So let's talk about once you've connected with someone, right? Whether that be you get their attention on social and take them offline or email or get them on the phone. Um, let's talk about that art of the follow-up, right? What does it take to keep a prospect engaged? Yeah, it really, it's about asking them questions. You ask them questions. What what I want to do, the, the easiest way to, for the art of the follow-up is that initial call. I want to uncover one piece of information. And then I'm going to do is I'm going to lead off my next conversation with you by coming back and asking you a more in-depth question about what you shared with me on the first time. So this this automatically defies the the sales stupidity law, the, the sales stupidity law that says you ignore the customer. Because now what you're doing is the customer saying, wow, this Chad guy talked to me and 
I told him this, and here he is calling me again. And he's asking, wow, he actually remembered. He actually remembered. That's like that. So you, you simply take each conversation and tie it back to the preceding one. You tie it back by asking them a question to get them to explain further about it. It really, it really is easy. Yeah, it's not it's, that hard. It's not. It's really not. It's really. There's no black magic to it. There's no secret yeah. to it. It's yeah. what I find it, it is a lot of reps don't have the focus and consistency. Um, to squirrel, keep, squirrel. Oh yeah, yeah squirrel. Exactly. I'm, I'm, uh, yeah, yeah. Exactly. And that, and, and that, I guess, leads into my next question. Let's talk about technology for a second. So we've, we've all, I mean, and I know you've seen it too. Was, oh, cold calling's dead or it's not dead, or maybe it's social. So you see all the debates go on and now we got some new tech coming around the corner. And so since let's set people up for success in 2018, do you think uh, technologies like artificial intelligence and other things that are coming out are going to drastically impact the way prospecting gets done in 2018 or 2019? Well, AI stands for two things, artificial intelligence and artificial idiocy. Uh, and, and, and the problem I see is that, that people are, are claiming AI is going to – no, AI is, is going to help you because it is, it is going to allow you to be more intelligent and so forth. But AI is never going to replace a salesperson unless the salesperson allows it. If you bring value, and, and the way you bring value is through the questions you ask, through the questions you ask and the willingness to engage. I find it, I think AI is actually going to increase the value of salespeople because it's going to eliminate the stupid salespeople. So the only ones that survive are the really good ones. I mean, and I'm not saying the sales profession is is at risk going away. I don't think so at all. I think it's only going to expand even more because there's so much information out there. Remember, AI works on behalf of the customer, too, because they're going to get so much information. They're going to be confused. So we're going to have to be coming in and really helping to unconfuse them. Excellent. Excellent. So I have to ask, I keep an eye on your blog and you just had a great post up uh, about why you're thankful for your career in sales. If anybody listening has not read it, I urge you to go to the saleshunter.com, read the blog post. It's great. But for those that aren't going to read it, because we both know some people just aren't going to do it. Um, tell us why you are thankful for your career in sales. Well, you can get the coloring book version and, and, just, and just do that too. Yeah, yeah. No, you know what? I, I, I am so thankful because it, 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 allow, it has allowed me to really gain insights and to be able to influence and impact people that I never thought I'd be able to otherwise. Sales to me, and I, and I really define sales as the ability to um, influence and impact people in a positive manner, to allow them to see and achieve what they didn't think was possible. To me, that's absolutely fantastic. I mean, it, it, if you really stop and think about it, the good salesperson, think about the good salesperson. Think about all those personal conversations that you've had with customers over the years. Isn't that meaningful? Oh, some to of my me, best friends are people I've sold to. Exactly. I mean, and, and and I mean, I had a conversation this morning with a guy who called me and shared with me some conversation. He shared with me some comments about his in-laws. Think about that. That's a random conversation. <laughs> now he's a customer of mine, but that means he's developed a level of confidence and trust in me. To me, that is what sales is all about. It's much more than just the money. You know, the money's great, all that sort of stuff, but it's that ability to influence and impact people. To me, that, that I, I get really, really, um, that's huge. That's huge. 
Yeah, well said. Well said. I completely, completely agree. So let's change direction a little bit. Um, at the end of the, each interview, we ask kind of two standard questions. And, and for you, what I would love our audience to understand is um, when somebody that doesn't know you reaches out, uh, what captures your attention and builds their credibility? That is a tough question. <laughs> you know, I mean, no, seriously, it is because with, with each person, you know, my whole goal my whole goal in life is that I want with each person I come in contact with that I want them at the end of their day to sit there and say that the conversation they had with me, Mark, today was one of the better parts of their day. If, if I can do that, then I've made an impact on people because then I've earned the right, the privilege, honor and respect to be able to talk with you again. That's what trips my trigger. So really... I like to think what develops the credibility is just listening, just listening and not being the machine, being the individual human being, because at the end of the day, that's, that's what we are. Uh, we're humans. It's not B2B selling. It's not B2C selling. It's H to H human to human. Yeah. People buy from people. I'm going off on a side, I'm going off on a side tangent, but what the heck, right? Hey, (laughs) That's the beauty of this format. (laughs) Yeah. Last question. We call it our acceleration insight in all of your experience and everything that you have learned over the years. If, if you could give one piece of advice to a sales professional that you felt if they, if they listened to, if they embraced would actually make them more effective tomorrow, what would it be and why? I'm not going to give you one. I'm going to give you two. One, you start off the end of the, you start off the week by saying, what's the big outcome I want to achieve for the week? What's the outcome? Not the activities, what's the outcome? Two, manage your day by your, by your calendar. Just like you, you made the comment that you have your prospecting blocks. What's those blocks of time? So you set aside two hours for this, one hour for this. It might be 30 minutes to take care of this. But all successful people, high, high achieving people, don't have to-do lists. They manage their activities by way of their calendar. And what does that do? It keeps them on task and it keeps them moving forward. Perfect. Mark, if the listener's interested in talking more about uh, topics we've covered today, what's the best way to get in contact with you? Well, the best way is the website, and the website is thesaleshunter.com. Yes, Hunter is my real last name. I thank, <laughs> my, I thank my dad for that. Thank goodness I didn't get the name Farmer because account management's fine, but that's farming. I'm into hunting. I want to prospect. No, it's thesaleshunter.com is the website. That's the best way. And, of course, the books, you know, the main book, High Profit Prospecting. I can't really emphasize enough why people need to read, especially right now, the start of eighteen. What a great way. Grab the book, kick it off. It's laid out in a very easy manner that you can use. Perfect. Well, I can't thank you enough for your time today. It's been great having you on the show. Thank you. All right, everyone that does it for this episode, please check us out at b2brevexec.com. Share the episode with friends, family, coworkers. If you like what you hear, do me a favor, leave us a review on iTunes. We do check it out to make sure we're bringing on people that are going to provide you value. Until next time, we at Value Prime Solutions wish you all nothing but the greatest success. You've been listening to the B2B Revenue Executive Experience. To ensure that you never miss an episode, subscribe to the show on iTunes or your favorite podcast player. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time.